And you people, you're all astronauts on some kind of Star Trek. We are explorers. We're going to stumble, make mistakes, I'm sure more than a few before we find our footing. But we're going to learn from those mistakes. That's what being human is all about. It is possible to commit no mistakes and still lose. That is not a weakness, that is life. We're Starfleet officers. Weird is part of the job. Base, the final frontier. Make it so. Do it. Hit it. Let's fly. I'm Aiden. I'm Lindsay. And this is the Bix Pod. And we're back. Back. Or we're here for the first for time, the first depending time. on how you found this particular podcast. Uh, for our longtime loyal listeners, this is we're entering season four of the podcast where we're uh, kind of taking a, another hard pivot. Yeah. Um, we That maybe should have been the name of our, our podcast is Hard Pivot, because every time we go to a new season, it's something completely different. Um, well, not from season not, one. Yeah, so we, yeah, exactly. Okay, so so a little history here, a history lesson for all of you mm. listening right now. Uh, this originally was Bickering Peaks, a yes. Twin Peaks podcast, yes. and we did our first two seasons on um, that seminal television masterpiece, Twin Peaks, and Twin Peaks. Uh, season three or the return yeah. and then and the movies we, and the movies yeah. yeah well the movie the movie singular yeah but then we moved into in season two into the works of david lynch and mark frost and looked at all the works that kind of contributed to and you know tried to tease out um kind of the the inspirations and the underpinnings for twin peaks and then in season three um we 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 kicked it renaissance style we, yeah. went, back to we went back we went back all the way so uh yeah shakespeare uh covered all the plays all the sonnets uh a lot of very topical discussions about various aspects of shakespeare none of it was very scholarly at all nope we are um, not scholars none, by any none, none stretch scholars. of no imaginations yeah exactly <laughs> but uh, but what we do bring to the table i think i hope this is kind of our goal is to have a, a a bit of a literary approach. We're both writers, mm-hmm. and when we watch TV shows or we read books or watch movies or whatever, we often have these conversations that revolve around the literary elements that that we're experiencing. So plots, characters, conflicts, general genes, writing, yeah, yeah all yeah. of that stuff that that kind of come together and and create the story that we're watching. Um, so that's kind of where we've approached things in the past and it's where we're going to be taking things as we go into season four which is where the hard pivot comes in we're Mm -hmm. going from like shakespeare to star trek modern day shakespeare let's be honest Uh, (laughs) i mean i guess there is a bit of a through line (laughs) from everything like there were a lot of shakespearean actors in in twin peaks yeah and then and then there's a lot of shakespearean actors in in star trek well and there's a lot of shakespeare in star trek and there's a a ton of shakespeare in star trek undiscovered country obviously is rife with (laughs) it's it's written by shakespeare basically yeah you should get a co-writing credit absolutely and in the original cleon of course so um (laughs) that's really our kind of background and approach for how how we like to discuss media in the 
this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of a watch along podcast to an extent. Sort of. Uh, in Twin Peaks, we did episode by episode, yes. Shakespeare play by play. Uh, this time, there's way <laughs> too much Star Trek to do it's that. Like 800 hours. Yeah. 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 Uh, so we're not going to go that deep, but we are planning on t- tackling it kind of season by season. So yep. we're going to go through uh, each the, series. The, yeah. Each series chronologically, yes. each season. Um, and the ones that run parallel that ran parallel to each other, we're just going to go in the chronological order. So mm-hmm. it'll be Deep Space Nine, then we'll get to Voyager kind of thing. Um, and yeah, that's that's kind of our approach. So we'll be talking about the overall gist of the seasons mm-hmm. and what kind of things were introduced, changed, updated. You Maybe know, talk story arcs. Yeah, if there are some that yeah. that apply, um, we'll definitely be talking about our favorite episodes. Yeah. You know, the things we liked and disliked, and where we thought the writing was really strong or really weak. Um, we'll things that made that sense, up. the things that didn't make sense, the things that callbacks because Trek is full. Of shit like that now. Yeah, especially now. Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot to call back to, right? Yeah. There's so much out 60 there. So years almost, yeah. fifty six years. Yep. Um. So yeah, I mean, I, I think it'll be a really interesting way for us anyway to tackle it. We really, this is a, a podcast for us. If nobody else ever listened, we'd still we're fine with that. We're fine with that because this is our excuse to go back and rewatch. Um, everything, everything, just for fun, yeah. and then talk about it. Yeah, I mean, we we hope to be entertaining mm-hmm. and you know provide some insight along the way, but and some bickering. I mean, this is also the other yeah. thing that that we have uh, hasn't. <laughs> I mean, we try and and try and bicker. We tr- <laughs> We manufacture some of our bickering. We we like we like some make of it's it pretty so it's, genuine because you're wrong about so many things, or you've just infuriated me with you know some various aspect of something you've said, and I have to correct you. Uh, Touche, <laughs> mon ami, mon petit fromage. <laughs> uh, we will get to West Wing eventually, one point for longtime <laughs> listeners, but not now. It's Star Trek. Anyway, bickering peaks began mm-hmm. because we bickered. Yes. We're we're a husband and wife team. That's yes. also maybe. yeah. We should probably mention yeah, yeah who we are, we're, where we're, we're from. Yeah, we're married. Uh, uh, we live in Canada. Mm. We uh, if you have, can't tell from our accents, sorry about that. Uh, but there's we have you know day jobs. Lindsay's a teacher. Mm. I work in uh, the provincial government, and I do you know writing and, and communications stuff for them. Uh, so yeah, we've got we've got nine to fives. We're pretty average everyday folks. We're mm-hmm. not particularly well educated or uh, well, experienced I in say academics. Bad. We've got degrees. We have degrees, but we're, but not, we're not like yes. doctorates. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, if you want your really in depth cultural examination. I think you, that you was, have to go somewhere. That was probably more of a sticking point for those who, you know, struggled with us through Shakespeare. <laughs> with Trek, you don't really I don't think you need to have those kinds of qualifications. You just need well, to be a fan. It's true. I think I think that's one of the best things about Trek is that it is so approachable and, yeah. and everybody can bring something and, out. And of even it. if you aren't a fan, you're aware of it's such a juggernaut in terms of pop culture that you're aware of the Some tropes pieces or the, of it. Yeah, 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 right? One or another, yeah. Which is, I think, a good segue to talk about our fanish appreciation of Star Trek because mm-hmm. it is one of the few things that we both came to this relationship um, kind of already in love with. Mm-hmm. Shakespeare was the other one, but um, Aiden, how did you get into Star Trek? So I was I was born into it. Uh, I was raised on the trek. Uh, it was it was literally as early as I can remember. Uh, my parents were kind of original Trekkies. Uh, I was born in '85. Next Generation starts in whatever '87. So I mean, I was literally forming language still, and I was probably sat in front of the TV and watched, you know, Worf <laughs> get his ass so kicked or something. Which is so funny because right? you, you when the Trekno babble comes on and you just, it just your eyes glaze over. You don't really seem to enjoy that as much. The Trekno babble stuff. The Trekno babble. What's Trekno babble? The techno babble in Trek, Aiden. Okay, it's just techno babble. You don't yeah, have to give no, it its own name. Do you even read Memory Alpha? 
No, I kind of skip skip over that. So here's another thing. Uh, so <laughs> my my appreciation of the show is very uh, base level. I would say I en- I enjoy the show on its own. I don't mm. love to do a lot of the background research. Although when I was a child, no. I do have the encyclopedia. <laughs> yes, that you made. Oh you no! Made no, well, your own encyclopedia. I did, I did make my own Star Trek encyclopedia, but it was based on the real Star Trek encyclopedia, which is still on our bookshelf. There's, I'm looking at it right now. Yes, but we need. To, we should really get pictures of your encyclopedia. I think Fine. I have it in that memory box of yours. Yeah. that's up in the closet, and we'll. And you drew little pictures, and you had. I had all the. Adorable. I had the shuttlecrafts, and then I think a constellation class. But anyways, the point is, uh, yes, my my. Uh, my depth of it. knowledge of Star Trek is pr- kind of superficial. I'm really like, I love to watch it, love to embrace the yeah. moment of it, and then I'm kind of over it. Um, and Lindsay, I think I'd say you have a different <laughs> approach. So why don't you tell us, tell the, the the nice listeners a little bit about your connection to Star Trek? I also grew up into it, though to a much lesser degree than you did. Yeah. Um, my dad was a uh, an original series Trek fan, but he was a lot younger than your parents are. Mm. He's um, born in 1960. So he was very yeah, little yeah. when the, yeah. I mean, six, you know, that's impressionable enough when um, Trek is first on TV. So he watched it. He remembers it. Um, and then when we were kids, my brothers and I, um, specifically my middle brother and I, because we're much closer in age, we like Saturdays when dad was, mom worked and dad, you know, would make lunch for us and, there'd be a Trek rerun on. So we'd watch the original series at lunchtime or whatever. Um, and then, yeah, Next Generation was just everywhere. It was, you know, that was our Trek, right? Mm-hmm. That was what we grew up watching. I remember going over to my friends' houses and we would play, you know, pretend we were different characters and we'd act out different plots from different shows. And we, there were a lot of us. There were like seven or eight of us in this little cohort growing up so together. So someone even played Tasha. That's amazing. <laughs> Well, no, not really. <laughs> Someone was a Romulan, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, we all were. We were. We all were Enterprise okay, like senior okay, staff members. Okay. And I always had to play Doctor Crusher. I don't know why. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> um, yeah. And so, and then we started watching Deep Space Nine when it was on, but you know that kind of faded. I don't know why we stopped watching it, but. Um, and it was, I, TNG was really the show for me. I didn't really watch the other shows. It was like the original series and the next generation. And then I didn't until we were together. And then it was like, okay, well, I think I got you a box set of like the time travel episodes yeah, and you watched you, all of those. When we and, started, it was not started dating, but yeah. after like two or three years, I think you. Yeah. You when they started one. putting all the shows on, on DVD back yeah. in the early 2000s. Yeah. And, um, and then I was like, oh, okay, you know. Deep Space Nine, I'd like to get back into that. And Voyager, I had never, I'd seen like two episodes total and I didn't even register Enterprise yeah, at Enterprise all. Yeah, Enterprise didn't exist, yeah. And then obviously, you know, the last few years there, there's been this resurgence of um, brand new Trek shows. It's like, this is a Trek renaissance, I guess. Mm-hmm. And so there's, there's a big fan community and I kind of plugged into that. Mm-hmm. Starting about, well, I probably around 2011 or 2012, I started writing some Star Trek fan fiction, mm-hmm. um, and but mostly based on Next Generation, and then recently that's kind of taken over. And yeah, so I take a much more different approach when I'm watching a show. I'm also interested in what's on screen, but m- me being the you know the writer, I I want to know. I want to de- delve deeper into some of the storylines and I want to, you know, figure out the backstories and I want to. There's obviously when it comes to Star Trek, I mean. And, and fan fiction especially, there's a lot of self-insert. 
You want to be part of this world. And I think that's going to be a common theme as we go through this is that this is a utopia that, that, you know, maybe it won't happen now, but (laughs) there was a point in time when people thought it would happen. And so of course you want to imagine, you know, living in a world where there are replicators and transporters and everything like that. So, um, Trek invented the Mary Sue character. I yeah, mean, that's absolutely. that's pure self-insert characters right there. Not that that's what I'm writing, but there's an element of that. You know, you want to imagine yourself in in these worlds and what you would do if you encountered a, an alien species, like species eight four seven two in the yeah. Delta Quadrant yeah. or something like that, right? Like, how would you handle it? Yeah, and and I think just to if I may be so bold, Lindsay, having known you now for half my life, mm-hmm. uh, I would say that you're also, once you get into a particular media, like Twin Peaks, for instance, yep. you're really into it. You know, you know, you do the hard research, you like looking stuff up, you, you mm. participate in those fandoms. Uh, and it's great because you, you can, you know so much more. Like I, I would say I was the more hardcore Star Trek nerd growing up because mm-hmm. I did watch all of Deep Space Nine. I watched a lot of Voyager. I even watched, I think, the first couple episodes of Enterprise. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was really, really into it uh, as like a teenager and stuff and like you know now way more than i do about everything you you know that where the start start date calculator is and how to use it and how to i had it, it bookmarked on my desktop yeah, as yeah. well as the uh well there are a couple of differing maps of the the galaxy like the the, the quadrants yeah. and everything they're yeah. not all you know yeah totally they don't know perfectly yeah, yeah. aligning but i have one that i use regularly when i want to figure out like how far is it from beta z to whatever yeah yeah so so that's all this to say yes yeah Lindsay is hyper fixate on things hyper fixates and therefore is just in-depth fountain of knowledge uh i love you so much for that oh thanks um that and only that right yeah that's pretty much it um (laughs) and yeah and so like we we as Lindsay mentioned we we haven't uh watched all of the the new trek that has come out we're catching up we're trying we're we're trying to catch up but uh we're still we're still going through voyager right now just to try and you know uh finish off the 90s stuff first so we have a really Mm -hmm. solid base for when we get to the new stuff we did watch strange new worlds as it came out which was amazing and it was so good uh we've watched a little bit of lower decks Mm -hmm. a bit of, Picard, uh, we watched. Yeah. We've been keeping up with Picard, Picard and uh, a little bit of Discovery. I think I watched the first couple episodes or something mm-hmm. like that. So we'll get into that. Um, we're definitely not one of those new Trek haters. I oh, would God, say no. we uh, we thoroughly enjoy any Trek, um, even though Picard season two. But we'll get to that. <laughs> you know, this is there's the, room to criticize without being negative. And yeah, I think the thing yeah. that bothers me the most about the new Trek haters and. Uh, I don't think I'm alone in this. In fact, I know I'm not, is that they insist that Trek has become too woke and too political. And to that, I want to scream, do you even watch the show, bro? (laughs) Like, honestly, because the show has always been political. And I I don't know how many times people, how many more times people need to say that, that it's always been political. But I, new Trek haters are not going to get that. They're, they're, we are not going to reach those people on this podcast. We hope if you are listening to us, you are... Um, well, you won't be listening to us now if you're a new Trek hater. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because we've yeah. just insulted you. Yeah. But um, that's our approach, too, is that we're, we understand that it is a political show. And mm-hmm. so... Politics is going to come into it. That's not something that we've really embraced a lot in our podcast. There were a couple of moments back when... Because I think our, our podcast, when we originally started with Twin Peaks, it was like three weeks before the, the 2016 presidential election yeah. in the United States. Yeah. And and I do remember making comments at the time about Trump. 
yeah, we've kind of sprinkled and... things in throughout that hellish period of time and everything that's followed. We've talked about the coronavirus. Yeah. We've like things have have come up, but we've never been overt about our politics. Although you can kind of figure it oh, out. Oh sure. no, I we we kind of have here and there. Have we? Yeah, in, in some of the Shakespeare episodes, we got pretty political. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it's this show invites it, and so we are going to discuss it in that lens. Mm-hmm. Um, we literally just watched uh, the rape apology uh, episode <laughs> in Voyager, where seven of so nine. So angry about this. You know, episode. yeah, she's she's assaulted, and then maybe not. No, it was a false accusation, and someone had, a, a man had to pay for it with his life. So that you know, when we get to those kind of topics, we we won't shy away from them, um, and we think it's integral to Star Trek because we watched the episode where the guys are half white and half black. Of so, course, yes. Uh, we know what we're talking about. It's called being a captain. No, it's called being a dick. You know how it is. You get home from a long day on shift in which a runabout exploded too close to the protostar you were supposed to be studying and there was another multiphasic temporal convergence in the space-time continuum and now the captain's a salamander again and you just want to take a load off. Is that too much to ask? Not for Hollow Novels are Us. Hollow Novels R.S. is the finest distributor of quality hollow novels in the Alpha Quadrant. From retellings of classic ancient Earth tales like The Odyssey or Twilight, to modern epics like Photons Be Free, or the sweeping new Vulcan cinematic universe Borg Collective crossover, Vulcan Love Slave, Six of Nine. We've been subscribed to their hollow novel service now for six months, and let me tell you, nothing beats the pure relaxation of diving headfirst into the primordial swamps of Konos to experience the Warriors of Deep Winter in its original Klingon. Lately, my personal favorite has got to be the latest Dixon Hill crime thriller, The Smoking Gun. I can't wait for the next chapter to drop. If you subscribe to their service now using the promo code BIXPOD, you'll get 12 12 hollow novels for the price of one. That's an estimated value of... Well, nothing since everything is free because we don't use money. <laughs> Subscribe to Hollow Novels RS today. I will. <laughs> On screen. Ambassador, I've been analyzing the debris, and I've discovered disturbing evidence that the asteroids are not what they seem. So along with the different episodes, uh, well, not necessarily episode by episode, but we're going to be discussing each series, and within the seasons, we'll talk about highlight episodes as well. Um, Beside that, we're also going to be doing, like we did with Shakespeare, some topical episodes. Mm So um, the big ideas that come out of Star Trek, um, economics, the economic theories that underpin some of the the world's, well, the Federation generally in Star Trek, um, politics... Uh, time gender, travel, time travel, all the all the little things that legal come up. things because yeah. there's always a legal episode it seems in every in every uh, every series. So um, you know the science of science fiction. There's there's lots of stuff to talk about. I yeah. think techno babble. Um, I think will have to be its own techno babble. No, Get it gonna, right. I'm not giving it that. No. Oh my god! I think we're gonna have. I don't. I don't know how I'm gonna finish this podcast with you. <laughs> We might not. You're going to have to throw down. <laughs> it's not going to be bickering peaks. It's going to be... Murder peaks. Murder trial peaks, yeah. It'll turn into a true crime. That's great. It'll quadruple our listenership. Um, but yeah, so I mean, and for each of those, we will do uh, obviously a little more research. But again, like we mentioned, for mm-hmm. the uh, season episodes, yeah. uh, it's really more of a response. It's, it's you know, what did you like? What did you dislike? What yeah. what worked? What didn't work? Um, something I think we'll do more of in this one than we could with Shakespeare, yeah. for instance, uh, is how would you do it? 
differently yeah. because there were like there's been like 150 writers probably I haven't even counted that yeah. again not great on research but there's been so many writers in Star Trek's mm-hmm. history um, and why not count ourselves amongst them how would we do <laughs> DC Fontana's uh, script a little differently or how would uh, we approach something that was raised in the 80s now and mm-hmm. and uh, stuff like that so which I think fits very well with the genre mm-hmm. um, speculative fiction and also the nature of Star Trek in its early days anyway I think through some of Next Generation anyway with speculative scripts people mm-hmm. were accepting scripts um, from the fans so yeah. which is kind of cool Star Trek is really the original I mean if unless you want to count like Sherlock Holmes or something like that or Franz Liszt yeah yeah but when you talk about fandoms like modern fandoms Star Trek yeah. is kind of I mean yeah Rick Berman who we'll talk about in a second. Uh, Rick Berman famously said that the internet was made for porn and Star Trek because it was the first fan groups and the first, uh, yeah, first fan groups, first fan interactions and stuff like that was share fanfics and first pornography all on the internet. Sometimes the same time. Uh, We we will discuss, I'm sure, the Star Trek porn parodies at some point. I just watched, it wasn't the porn parody, it was was like the Lego version of the porn parody that came up on... I don't know, cracked, I think. Yeah, or something like that, yeah. Throwback to it or something. Because someone had literally watched the porn parody and (laughs) then remade it in Lego. But without the sex scene. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Obviously. (laughs) Well, no, it's not obvious, Aiden. Do you you know about bronies? Like, there's lots of stuff in fandom that gets weird. It's true. You just got a Tumblr. I've been on Tumblr for a solid decade. I know about the dark corners of fandom. (laughs) Not saying that bronies are the dark corners, but they're well, they can be. <laughs> the the dark the dark is darkness is there. What were you gonna say about Rick Berman? Uh, fuck you, Rick. Berman. <laughs> uh, that is basically our summary of Rick Berman, uh, and it's it's not that simple. We we'll, we'll, maybe we'll do a special episode all about Rick Berman's influence because he's a he's a, as a person he sounds like an absolute terror. He you know you know choked Jerry Ryan basically to death on the set of Voyager yeah. with that with that suit if you believe uh, what happened between him uh, and Denise Crosby yeah uh, on Next, Next Generation, Generation there's you know some nastiness there what's her name uh, Dax on Next yeah, Gen- on exactly. Deep Space Nine was written out because Berman didn't want to pay her enough and all you know there's, 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 there's lot, so much but it's undeniable that that uh, without Rick Berman and the influence of the other people who I think had a More, solid influence, uh, yeah. Ronald D. Moore and Brennan Braga and yeah. um, the Akutas that bring Star Trek into the 90s and, and update it for now we have this whole new generation with, you know, Akiva Goldsman. And um, it's, yeah, there's, we, we can't discredit the influence that Rick Berman has had. Yeah. But, but, but at the same, same time, time, fuck, fuck you. Fuck you, Rick Berman. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll, we'll be talking. I hope he's not listening to this. <laughs> If he does, fuck him. Uh, but I mean, so so we do do a little bit in, into that behind the scenes stuff. But again, the focus really is on on the episodes themselves, on the mm-hmm. series and the seasons themselves. So uh, we'll dive a little bit into the history here and there and, and discuss but not as a huge amount of like behind the scenes stuff because that's not like. Oh, that's what I just said. We're not okay. going to be doing. Oh, much of that. okay. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. misheard you. That's fine. You. That's basically you're married to me, so yeah. you're, you're allowed to do that. Flowers. Is there a John Luck? Here. We'll also be doing uh, a little bit of our own writing. Uh, we we, <laughs> yeah. we want to, you know, we don't want to, we'll back up our words a little bit when we criticize with our own 
touch on Star Trek in the form of fan fiction. Mm-hmm. Uh, we think we're currently, we're, you know, these plans aren't finalized or anything, but we're thinking maybe at the end of each series, we'll each write a fanfic story, post it and talk about it a little bit on yeah. the podcast and, and uh, invite criticism and thoughts and feedback yeah. from uh, any listeners who uh, want to take the plunge. Because, um, yeah, it's it's... It's a it's the show that made fan fiction what it is mm-hmm, really mm-hmm. Uh, all the way back in the '60s when the fanzines and stuff were getting printed and stuff. Yep. So there's and we're both writers, so we yeah. should probably you know like yeah. you said back Contribute. up what we're saying. Yeah, um, and there there might be room as well for actual watch along episodes. We haven't quite decided if that's something we want to do or um, is even feasible, mm-hmm. but to have it like a like a commentary track i guess if you really wanted to watch this episode of star trek voyager with the bix you could put it on in the background and watch your episode i don't know we'll we'll see if that happens but um i think it's gonna be fun i think we're gonna we're gonna have fun and and we're gonna have some fights too yeah that's that's really again the name indicative uh, and we thought we would start that process today with our very first inaugural bix log yeah Pixlog, Stardate 98765.4. Ensign Stamhuse and I were once again discussing our favorite moments in Starfleet history when she made an offhand comment ranking Commander Tuvok of the USS Voyager as the superior Vulcan to the OGest of OG Vulcans, Spock himself. While I initially brushed off this blasphemy as the ramblings of a lower decker high on their first taste of Starfleet excitement, the thought has stuck with me. What other historical objectivities has she perverted? How many other ways might she be wrong? To what extent will I have to educate and or mansplain certain topics to her in the future? I have considered broaching this subject by way of the simplest question of all. Who is Starfleet's greatest captain? Lindsay, I understand that uh, you have a wrong opinion, so I would like to correct (laughs) it right away um, by informing you that the best captain in all of Trek is Captain Christopher Pike. Of Strange New Worlds version. <laughs> okay. I, I'm not, I'm, I mean, we've only got a little bit of him, but to list off the topmost qualities. He cooks, he negotiates splendidly, as we saw in the episode where he got that species to do things. <laughs> okay. He can, he can fight, you know, he took over the ship yeah. uh, when he was, you know, he plotted the mutiny and, and yeah. took it over. Yeah, okay. Um, and he bangs ladies. So, I mean, really... <laughs> Of all the other captains, he has qualities which they all aspire to. He has the diplomatic skills of Picard. Yeah. He's got the lady banging of Kirk. He's got uh, the cooking that nobody... Oh, Cisco of yeah, Cisco. Yeah, okay. okay. And uh, I forgot what the fourth one was, but he's got that too. So <laughs> I, 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 I'm just saying, like, anything you bring up, Pike already has it. And and personally, personally, I would... He's the only captain who I would love to serve under. All Sexually? the other ones, uh, I knew you were going there, and I set myself up. I walked <laughs> you really, right into really it. did. Just you know, penis right in the forehead at this point. But yes, uh, no. <laughs> but he's he's the one captain who I would feel like would he understands his crew really, and he cares for them genuinely. Um, and but he understands them in both a professional and a personal mm. context. I feel like your '90s captains, especially Picard and Cisco, didn't allow their their staff to have personal connections to them as captains except for the few exceptions like Dax and you know a little bit between Crusher and Picard otherwise they're not there and I feel like a good captain a great captain even would be able to engage on both a professional and a personal level Uh, and I think that's something that 
Captain Pike does. So, Lindsay, could you now explain in all the ways in which you are wrong and you disagree with me? Aiden, normally we disagree quite hard on on most things. Oh my god! But I'm gonna have to say, you... I think I think Christopher Pike is the best captain. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> we didn't plan this. I swear to God, we didn't. Well, we didn't talk this. about it at all. We didn't so talk we about because we like these to originally. Be originally, we were gonna say Kirk or Picard, and we're like, no, we gotta open it up to yeah, like, yeah. you know. And I did waffle a little bit because okay. you're right, Christopher Pike. We've only seen for. In Strange New Worlds, Christopher yeah, Pike, yeah. not Beep Chair Menagerie, yeah, Christopher yeah, Pike. Yeah. We've only seen him for, you know, yeah. 10 episodes plus however many he was in Discovery. Um, but really, counting Strange New Worlds, that's not a lot of, of yeah, screen, time screen time compared to the other captains. And but so, he made an impression, right? He did make an impression. God. But, uh, and, and I do think he has one of the best, um, like, make it go not make it so yeah. he, like hit it is hit probably it. one of the best you Cat, know catchphrases, catchphrases for, a captain. for a captain yeah but i did think for a minute I, like i i i love picard oh yeah picard, I mean, is, picard is an amazing captain second, yeah. he's probably the one that i would want to serve under because unlike you i do think he has personal connections at least to the senior staff which is necessitated by the scripts um <laughs> he cares a lot about data he cares a lot about Riker. he's like a father to wesley even though he hates kids um so like you can't knock yeah, the card i mean and then yeah. you, you know i know a lot of people like to shit on janeway but she did the best she could. She got, into, <laughs> she did the she best got she them could. into a really, really shitty mess yep. when they went charging into the Badlands and then wound up in the Delta Quadrant, yep. 70-some thousand light years from home. Um, she's a coffee drinker like I am. Um, <laughs> You're just making excuses. No, <laughs> but but honestly, the, the runner-up for me is Captain Sisko. And I think, oh. I think because you see him become a captain throughout the course of Deep Space Nine. He starts off as a commander yeah. and he's just a commander out in, it's like it's like the Wild West, right? Yeah. You're out on the edge of space. You're in the very first episode discovering this wormhole, the only stable wormhole in known existence. Yeah. Right on the edge of um, this other territory that you know the Cardassians are kind of antagonistic and they're they're you know and then you know the Dominion Wars come up and then he gets to be captain because yeah. you know he's leading this crew of really ragtag misfits they're yeah. like Bajorans and shapeshifters and there's a Klingon and there's some Trill and whatever Bashir yeah. is uh there's <laughs> And and a Cardassian, right? Yeah, On yeah. the you know, and and Ferengi, like yeah. he brings them all together. He like the meme says, lets them do a little terrorism for <laughs> fun, right. just a little on the side. Um, yeah. He's and he does care about his the people under him. It's Kira. He cares about. He even yes, Dax. But what he does for Nog to get him into. Uh, Starfleet and help him like mo- like mentor him. Yeah, but that's again that's all professional. Like I feel like yeah, there's still a, there's still a gap there. Like I feel he's like Pike, most, he's you could walk in and be like like Uhura, you know, is like know, I'm not sure if this is this is right for me. He doesn't talk to her as just a captain. I know he talks to her as a confidant. I'm say, not disagreeing with you. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not. Could you see Cisco doing that? Yes. Seriously. Yes. Seriously. And he cooks too. He does so, cook. So and I, and he has I the said, best father son relation. relationship in all of Star Trek so far. Yeah, yeah. So absolutely. Uh, I but I agree. I, I I think P- Christopher Pike, Captain Christopher Pike, oh Captain, my Captain. Mm-hmm. He's 
Plus, he's got the hair. I I, mean, and it's not just because of the hair. But the hair the helps. The hair helps like, a lot. It is, it is out there. And it is up there. <laughs> it has it has three dimensions, <laughs> if not more. Yeah. Uh, because, yeah, that hair is amazing. Um, We're going to have to fact, do a way... the only non-bald captain of the men, except for Archer, I guess, in... Uh, Kirk? He wore a piece the entire oh. time. <laughs> okay. I mean, Kirk wasn't bald. Shatner was bald. That, uh, so I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It's uh, it's it's part of it. Um, yeah. So I mean, Janeway's not bald. I said of the men. I've said of the male captains. But again, Archer. But yeah, no, it doesn't count. And and uh, whoever the captain is in Discovery early, in the early seasons, I don't remember. Um, but anyways, well, we'll get there. We will get there. In the meantime, I'm I'm glad we agreed. That was I'm so not. Nice. This is supposed to set up the fighting part of our podcast. And oh. all we've done is agree once again. We need to stop being the same person. <laughs> I think this is what... <laughs> that is hard. I mean, it's been... We've been together. We've been married essentially 19 years. Uh, not really married 19 years, but we've been together 19 years almost at this point. Uh, yeah, we're basically the same person. So it is hard to uh, find things we disagree on sometimes. We're going to uh, try really hard for you folks. I'm sure we'll be able to We'll be able to find something. We will. I, yeah. I know we will. This there's, was just the first one. We're like, we're going to pick the most iconic thing. No, no Wayne can possibly agree on who the best captain is. Well, there's is. so many, but... Apparently not. So here we are. And uh, yeah. Yeah. So that's that's a taste. Of the Bix pod. Of the Bix pod. Uh, <laughs> talking Star Trek. So uh, thank you for joining us. Yeah. And we hope you'll join us for the rest of uh, the many, many series. The oh, 800 hours yeah. plus. And all the many other episodes that we, we yeah. do and tackle. Um, it's going to yeah. be a couple years. So hopefully you'll stick with us for the whole run. We'll be here the whole time. So. Yeah, we don't have we, a choice. No, yeah, we signed up for this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah. So that was it. Thank you very much, Lindsay. Thank you very much, Aiden. As always, a delight to talk to you, uh, even when you are wrong about many, many things. Um, you guys also, you don't see all the bickering that we do about the podcast that we just edit out of the oh, episode. Oh yeah, it's there's that. a lot of that. Um, we should actually just do an ex- excerpt of that. Like we should it, just take out the outtakes. Just the, and just the like, sound check we do at the beginning. Oh man. The Aiden yells at me so much because I hate doing sound checks. She just she mumbles and and I'm like, "Hello, we're talking here in our podcast voice." She's like, "This is my podcast." That was mean. <laughs> I'm sorry. Did, but but it's, that that is that is what you sound like yeah. when you do it. Yeah. So yeah. Anyways, thank you again, everyone. Live long and prosper. You can find all our episodes on Spotify, Podbean, Apple Podcasts, and iTunes, or wherever you get your podcast fix. We love to talk Star Trek with our fellow nerds, and would love to hear from you if you have thoughts or ideas about any of our discussions or the topics we've brought up. You can reach out to us on Twitter, that's at TheBixPod, or by email at TheBixPod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Beam us up, Scotty.